0: This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371.
1: That's right, Friday Power Hour on Packer and Durham, and Andrea Adelson's here to talk scheduling models. <laughs> That's right, okay. we're here to right. talk West, scheduling models. Wes. What?
0: Before, before we get into this, okay, during football season, when I was on for the Power Hour and I sang, I got the power, I really thought you guys right. were going to change the Power Hour song away from the super awesome Packer and Durham theme, which is fantastic, to I got the power. Could we not, we probably couldn't afford to get the rights to that song, could we? Now that I think about there it. There
1: you go. That's right. There you go.
0: <laughs> you know,
1: what's Packers say? Follow the money, right? Okay. Uh, coming up Grant Gibson 915 Rachel DeCecco on women's lacrosse at 930 and uh, and more and before we leave today Mark Packer who professed he's going off the grid when he went to Italy has given us a memory we will have a hard time wiping from our minds and we will show you that before we're done at 10 o'clock this morning Uh, All right, let's get back to these schedule models Andrea Adelson has essentially offered up your school's three permanent opponents. and we've already attacked some of the Southern models, Miami, Florida State. We've talked about Clemson scenario, Georgia Tech. What we didn't get into was the four North Carolina schools, Virginia, Virginia Tech, and also Syracuse, kind of BC and Pitt. We talked about some of the crossovers and the complications in the crossovers. But Andrea, I'm on record as saying I don't think the four North Carolina schools get to play each other. I just don't think it's that simplistic. What did you come up with in your models here?
0: Same, Wes. I just don't think it's going to happen for a number of reasons. Number one being the fact that North Carolina and Virginia play the oldest rivalry in the South, which I think a lot of folks outside the ACC or maybe even folks outside of Chapel Hill Uh, and Charlottesville forget. Uh, These two teams played, and I just want to make sure I get this right. I'm going to look down at my notes here. 126 times. So I don't think you can just get rid of that game. I think that game has to stay on the schedule for both North Carolina and Virginia. So that means that's taking away a game from the other Carolina schools. So which ones stay? I feel pretty good about what I have for North Carolina. NC State, they've played 111 times. And Duke, I have to have, have to have Duke, right? 107 times. So for me, that feels pretty set. So if you're not going to have Wake Forest for North Carolina, which they're already used to not playing every year. In fact, they had to schedule a non-conference series against each right. other just so that they could play a little bit more. What does that mean for the other Carolina schools? Um, for, for Wake Forest, I have Duke... And NC State, but NC State has an asterisk next to it because I'm not super confident that that game is going to remain on the schedule just based on some of the conversations that I have had. Uh, that mm-hmm. might be a Virginia Wake Forest, for example, just as a potential alternate. And then for NC State, we know they're going to play Clemson, we know they're going to play North Carolina. They're not going to go with Wake. Could it be someone like Virginia Tech, which a lot of fans from both schools have said to me as a game they would like to see, NC State, Virginia Tech. So I, I feel good about North Carolina playing NC State, Duke, and Virginia. But for the other three Carolina schools... I'm not sure what that rotation is going to look like if they're not all playing each other. That, to me, is one of the biggest X factors remaining in addition to what happens to Louisville.
1: Yeah, I think the the interesting part of this equation becomes the divisional rivalries that were created when the ACC drew the division lines that put Carolina away from Wake and Duke away from NC State. And I'm not terribly sure that we just don't rub those lines out and reset new ones, NC State playing Duke and maybe Carolina playing Wake, how that facilitates itself. You know that Duke and Wake are going to play, and you also know that Carolina and State are going to play. How does the rest of it work? I don't know. And that's the part I think that they've got to answer. And that's the give a little to get a little, right, in this whole deal that we've been talking about. Now, you've talked about Louisville and kind of the nature of Louisville and having to kind of – see if you can get lines of, of rivalry set for their three. Syracuse, BC, and Pitt kind of present uh, an established rivalry through the Lambert Trophy, which a lot of people in the ACC don't even know what it's about, but it is kind of the king of northeastern football, if you will, and it's awarded every year. It's a, it's a trophy. I mean, in all seriousness, it's a competitive deal, and like this year when uh, what Boston College and Rutgers play, part of that's for the Lambert Trophy, right? I mean, that's just is part of the deal. So let's get to these three because I saw your Syracuse run here and you've got them playing Pitt and BC. You've got them playing both and then adding Louisville, I think, in your model. It's interesting because that can be done and it's already kind of done anyway. Andrew?
0: Yeah, with those schools, I tried to make sure that there was one Southern opponent and Syracuse for years and years and years going back to when Daryl Gross was the athletic director over a decade ago Mm. have said we need to play somebody and get into we want to play Miami right and I don't have Miami down for Syracuse um, but they've really wanted to be able to get into South Florida now obviously they do get to go to Tallahassee and I think they may end up playing Florida State I'm not sure um, but, but I don't have them in Florida, and uh, they might end up going into Florida. I have them in Louisville as a Southern team because they feel like they need to get into the South. Um, Boston College is another one uh, that I don't have in Florida right now. Maybe they get Miami uh, back uh, after playing uh, in, in the Big East for so long, but I feel like at least Syracuse and Boston College – have to play each other. I, I feel like that is a rivalry that is going to have to happen. But I also feel Pitt and Syracuse um, need to play as well uh, because, as you mentioned, there's a lot of history and tradition on the line there. So if those teams are going to play one another, what does that mean mm-hmm. for the third opponent? And then how does Louisville fit into that mix? Because They were with some of those schools in the Big East. Uh, They have played in the Atlantic, obviously, uh, with uh, Syracuse and Boston College. Uh, But again, Louisville fans want to be able to get someone a little bit more high profile. And then the other question with Boston College, and we haven't really talked about Virginia Tech a whole lot, is that's been the crossover opponent in the ACC. And a lot of that has to do with their Big East history. So when I put out Virginia Tech, as Virginia, that's a no, no question. They're definitely going to keep playing Virginia. Mm-hmm. I want them to keep playing Miami. Uh, I've got Boston College down there because of the tradition and history that's established from the Big East. Well, Virginia Tech fans are like, uh, can we switch someone out for Boston College? Not super thrilled about the possibility of maybe keeping that game online. Maybe that one goes away. And as I mentioned, maybe they get NC State uh, in there because that's a little bit closer geographically. So, for me, the northeast flank and Louisville is a lot harder to project and predict because of some of the alternate considerations when it comes to geography, as you mentioned the the trophy mm-hmm. games um, and, and what to do with Louisville.
1: All right, I wanna I wanna go this, and I'm not. I guess I'm asking for a an agreement line for all fourteen schools at once here. If I'm an AD sitting in that room or I'm a football coach sitting in that room, in my mind, can I say, you know what? I hope I get two of my three, but I know I'm not going to get three of my three. Do you think that all 14 schools should be able to name two of the three and then understand the third one's just going to be the third one?
0: Well, when we were in Amelia Island, I know that there was a lot of discussion and feedback that coaches gave to the athletic directors and that athletic directors uh, told Michael Strickland, who's in charge of scheduling and all the folks inside the ACC about what they would like to see. Now, I'm not exactly sure that they wrote on a piece of paper Okay, here's my top three, like we're doing right now. Uh, But I do know that there was a lot of discussion about what they would like to see happen. Uh, And what they would like to see happen may or may not be a reality. Would the Carolina schools love to just play each other exclusively as permanent Hmm. opponents? I'm sure they would. But reality dictates something different. So then which of those rivalry games among the Carolina schools are the most important to continue to play every single year. And let's not forget, they're going to be playing each other uh, fairly often, right? I mean, they're rotating Correct. Uh, the remaining 10 schools five and five, right? So it's not going to be this huge stretch where Wake Forest and, and North Carolina haven't played so long to schedule a non-conference game. They will see each other frequently. Uh, the question is what do you want frequently or annually and yes i think there's an understanding that you're not going to get every single thing on your wish list or what would be ideal but there's also an understanding that it needs to be for the good of the conference what might be good for your school might not be what's best for the overall conference and among those factors of course are intriguing matchups, national intrigue matchups, matchups that can draw viewers in prime time uh, on the host of ESPN family networks, right? Uh, And we saw what Mm -hmm. happened in 2020 when there were no divisions and there were a lot of matchups that we hadn't seen in a long time. That was a really good year for ACC football. So I think trying to create that is what the ACC wants to get to. And Wes, we talked about this. These permanent opponents, quote unquote, I'm going to put them in air quotes because they're not really permanent, right? They're not permanent in the sense that they will never, ever change. And this is locked in forever and ever. They're going to be permanent for a set period of time. And then if it's not working, they can reevaluate and say, okay, what's best for the conference moving forward? What's working for schools? What's not? And that's another part of this that makes it um, a little more complicated because, you know, I might give something up now. Maybe I'll get something on the back end when we reevaluate how these permanent opponents have worked.
1: There you go. Good stuff. All right, Andrea. Thank you for jumping into the deep end of the pool on this project. And don't forget, we'll write all this yeah, in concrete I, I- and grade it <laughs> when it officially comes out.
0: Yes. Uh, old takes exposed is waiting, I'm sure. Yeah.
1: There we go. All right. On the other side, we talked to one of the best centers in all of college football, Grant Gibson of NC State. One of the key returning pieces for Dave Doran's Wolfpack joins us next on Packer and Durham.
0: This is the Packer and Durham Podcast.
1: Packer and Durham on a Friday. See, (laughs) it's already gone. It's already gone. When you start dancing, it's gone. Uh, Let's go to Raleigh, shall we? Uh, One of the best centers in all of college football is Grant Gibson, uh, the pride of Mallard Creek High School in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, Already got a degree, working on a master's, maybe working on a third degree, who knows? And he joins us this morning on uh, on Packer and Durham with Andrea Adelson, West Durham. All right, Grant. Okay, look here. We're going to go there on the first question. Okay. America is looking at the shirt that says Uh – San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl champion, (laughs) NC State Wolfpack. That is fire now. Tell Mm -hmm. me about the shirt. When do we get the shirts? I mean, I think that we
2: won. You know, like we were there the whole week, um, and we wanted to play. And, you know, we find out four hours before that we can't play. In our book, that counts as a win. Yeah. You know, because you waited the whole week to play, (laughs) and then you can't just pull out with four hours to go. So we think that we won
1: that game. That's it. All right. Good for you. I like it. I like the shirt. I like the concept. I'm, uh, I'm all about it. So this has been like a wild offseason because, mm-hmm. you know, a year ago, you guys had that great year. You guys emerged in that great year. Now, all of a sudden, you're one of these veteran guys that decided to run this back. I mean, let's yes, be sir. honest. You had options. You could have, you know, you could have gone on and, and tested the waters at the next level. Tell me about running it back and and the conversations that have happened in the spring and that are going to take place in the summer to get ready for this fall. So I wanted to to come back and
2: and just be with this team for this last year. Um, The year that we had last year, like, yeah, like we had a great year. But we all understand that we can do so much more. And the guys that came back, we really have one goal, and that's to win the whole thing. And so that's my goal for this year. And that's why, why, like, I wanted to come back and play with this team again.
0: Grant, obviously we've seen what the expectations are going to be nationally, and it sounds like mm-hmm. you all have those expectations for yourselves. In our preseason uh, power rankings in the top 25, way too early. Uh, NC State's in the top 10. How do you mm-hmm. feel the team can handle those outside expectations while also knowing you've got those expectations for yourselves?
2: The key thing is that we have older guys on this team who kind of know how to deal with this. Um, so we kind of just tune out the noise and we and we just go play, you know um, We understand that we have to work hard this offseason, which we have done uh, this team had a great spring the guys that came back were all just willing to you know Just go out there and play hard and you know like we hear the noise But we also understand that if you let it get to you then it's gonna mess up the year So we understand with the year that we had this past year that everybody's gonna kind of have their eye on us And so we want to make sure that we just go out there and that we're prepped to play every game
1: Grant, in in some ways, you've kind of worked for this point, right? I mean, that's Mm -hmm. the the interesting part about NC State's emergence. I mean, you don't don't practice as hard as you do, win as many games as you guys have, bring back all these proven guys to go, oh, okay, we hope it works out. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, you want to be successful. What kind of different mindset do you have to talk to younger guys about, guys who are just showing up to be part of the product, who have – you know, kind of seen the last couple of years and then said, OK, I want to be a part of that, too. Yeah.
2: So the wild thing is, like, because I've been here. So this next fall will be my sixth season. I've seen the highs and lows of NC State. Like three years ago, we went four and eight. And to see where we're at now, like I mean, it's like it was a lot of hard work that that took this, that took it to get here. And, you know, so we just tell those guys, like, listen, like it hasn't always been easy. Like, we had to work hard for this, and we want them to understand that, listen, like, if you're going to come join this team, then you have to be willing to work and and fall in line. I mean, it's like we want guys that want to work hard and that understand that, listen, like, these guys have really truly worked for this and that they're going to go get it this year.
3: Hmm.
0: Your your quarterback, Devin Leary, was also a part of that 4-8 team. There's a, Hmm. a strong core of veterans who are returning. And we spent a lot of time over the last two days talking about returning quarterbacks in the ACC and just how strong that group is. Your coach has been very vocal about saying, we have the best quarterback in the country coming back. Grant, from your perspective, why do you think Devin Leary is the best quarterback in the country and especially in the ACC?
2: He is by far the best. Um, Like the way that he plays, the way that he can control the game, he's always calm and poised. Um, I've never seen this man get like rattled in a game. And he just comes out there and he has complete control over the team. And just to see that up close and to see how well he takes care of the ball and he finds and extends plays, um, I don't think that there's anybody else that can do that. And I'm just glad that he's that he's on our team because he really does make a difference. And he's a great guy as well. So, yeah.
1: Grant, do you buy into the coaching continuity? I had some conversations with Coach Doran a little bit in, in the last month about just – the staff staying basically the same. Do you believe in the value of that, too, as a player?
2: Yes, absolutely. Like I mean, it's like everybody here has been here for at least two years now. Um, and so the and so the fact that we all get to stay on the same team and get to work with the same staff, um like we feel like we're gonna just pick up where we left off. and that's huge for this team is to just be able to you know, just get going again as soon as we can. So but I think that the whole staff staying made a huge impact as well.
0: Hmm. all right what west brought up the coaches so you know i have to go there there's continuity in the coaching staff but <laughs> coach doran's got some facial hair he's been growing this beard uh yeah. since what happened at the holiday bowl uh mm-hmm. thumbs up thumbs down on the beard well, what do you think about it
1: oh i love careful it. now um, big like, fella. careful listen, now, like,
2: careful listen, now. I think, like this is me being honest with you I think that it, that it looks good on him. Um, I think that, you know, like it shows he's blue collared, uh, you know what I'm saying? And that's kind of what NC State is. And so I think that it fits well for him and also for just the way that this team is. So, so I like it. I'm a fan of it.
1: All right. Here's the, here's the other question we've, we've talked to you about Devin, and mm-hmm. yet we found ourselves in a little bit of a discussion yesterday regarding who's going to catch the football. So mm-hmm. you've been through spring, you've been through these summer workouts. So, Mm -hmm. who's catching the football this year, Grant? Who's going to catch the football? I mean, there are a lot of guys that have some catches, but, I mean, there are other guys that have been – you know, Mecca caught a lot of footballs over there Mm -hmm. in four years, man.
2: So, I think the thing about this team is you have guys that have been waiting for this chance, Uh, like Devin Carter, uh, Thayer Thomas, Porter Rooks as well. Um, You know, like these guys are just waiting on their turn. And, you know, like it's their time to step up. And I think that's something that, you know, that we preach with this team is just always be ready. And I feel like uh, those guys are because, you know, like, they understand that, you know, with Meg leaving, that, you know, like, they have to take the next step. And that's what they're going to do. And, All right, uh, wait a second. So, mm-hmm.
1: let, me, let me check in here. Thayer Thomas is back. How many years is this for Thayer Thomas? It's about seven or eight for Thayer Thomas, isn't it? No, nah, this will be six. So me and him, so we came in together. Uh,
2: so, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So, like, older guys, you know, like, we have – like like on this team right now, it'll be me, Isaiah Moore, Th- <laughs> Thayer, and Bryson Speeds who have been here for six years. So, I mean, like you have some older guys on this team that
1: know how this works now. Yes, sir. Older guys? Grant, six <laughs> years is beyond the older guy. Okay. Let's just get some let's get some lines of demarcation here. When you stay six, Andrew, can we safely say that six, like John Patrician, I'm going to tell you now, John Patrician at Pitt got on me last year. Mm -hmm. He said, okay, look, I've been playing football seven years. I get it. I'm old. But don't have to tell everybody every time I've been there seven years. So, I mean, you know, six – I mean, we get to six. kind of been there a while, man.
2: Like, listen, we hear about it every day. Like, oh, you're the old man on the team. I'm like, listen, I know, but it's like – I mean, like, I'm just glad that I'm back, you know. Uh, like, I mean, it's like we hear it all the time. Like, these – like, I didn't know that I was gonna be at state for six years, um, but you know, but it's worked out well. So I'm just glad that I'm back.
1: Yeah.
0: Wait, wait I'm, I'm zooming in here. Are there, are there gray flecks I see in that beard? No, no, I'm just kidding. No, nah, listen,
2: no, no, listen. This is staying black for a long time. It's not going great anytime soon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because we used to joke about how long Hunter Renfro was at Clemson, but he mm-hmm. wasn't there oh. for six years. You're there yeah. for he six, there six years, years, right? So you're the living embodiment yeah. of, of like longevity at a school.
2: Like, it's so wild to see, like, just when the new guys c- come in, because I'm like, dang, that was me, like, six years ago, and it flew by, and I'm just like, they just look like their eyes are huge. I'm like, yeah, you know, like, you'll be all right, though. You know, mm-hmm. like, you just have to get used to it. Um, but it's cool, though, to just be here for that long to see how this team has changed as well. Um, like, we've grown, um, yeah. so it's been cool for me to see that up close and personal.
1: All right, before we let you go, uh, I I think Andrea joins me in this curiosity. Okay, you played at Mallard Creek. Mm -hmm. Your man, Icky, just got taken sixth overall by the hometown Mm -hmm. team, okay? Yeah. So now he's going to have first-round money living at home, not literally living at home, but in his hometown. Mm -hmm. So the, the real key element question is, when's he buying you dinner? (laughs)
2: <laughs> Listen, he's bought me a meal this past year. Uh, but the thing about Icky is, like, he's going to be smart with his money. Um, I'm not really concerned about him going out and blowing it all because that's not the way that he was raised, and that's not how he is. Um, like, I mean, like, yeah. I'm just so glad that he's getting the chance to go play at home, and I know that he's going to do big things this year. So, um, like, he's bought me a meal this past, this, this past fall, though, so we're all good. He, like, he doesn't have to worry about that.
1: Can you Can you imagine – The ticket request problem he's going to have on his hands. He's got to hire somebody to handle the tickets, doesn't he? It's going to be an
2: issue. Like, his family stays in Charlotte like everybody. So, I mean, just think about trying to take care of this aunt and this uncle. It's going to be an issue. So, like, I don't know how he's going to take care of that. But, I mean, I'm going to just have to pray for him on that one because he's going to need some help for
1: sure. Hey, Grant, (laughs) let me – Andrea, let me – Grant, let me share something with you now. Let me share something with you about them pro ticket requests. Have you Mm -hmm. heard about how the pro ticket game works? Do you know how the NFL ticket game works?
2: Yeah, so I heard that you only get two. So, I mean, like he's going to have to buy the the rest of them. (laughs) So, I don't
1: know. Yeah, yeah. That's the way that works. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and here's the other thing too, Grant. Grant, you pay face too. You don't get any markdowns in the National Football League because they know you're getting paid. So, therefore, you can't afford the faces, they say.
2: Like he'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, I'd like, say I mean, so. Like with he's the got, first got round money grand, right? now to be able to pay for it. Yeah, like he'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh man, mm-hmm. I tell you what, it's great to see you. Thanks for doing this. Uh, you are easily, easily one of the media favorites uh, in oh, ACC football. To yes. Start the 22 campaign. Yeah. Thank yeah. you
2: guys. Look, yeah. I mean, can you guys, this is a big heart. Yes, nice. We love you guys. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Unbelievable. Uh, We'll see you you soon. Thanks as always. (laughs) Thank you guys. Appreciate you. Oh, man. All right. Grant Gibson, NC State. He is awesome. Holy cow. The best. How good is he? All right. When we come back, a quick check on weather in Baltimore and more. Uh, Rachel DeCecco joins us. She got a lot going on. We'll talk about that too when we continue. Packer and Durham's Friday on ACCN. Packer and Durham. Uh, Rachel DeCecco in moments uh, And I mean somebody's got a lot going on We'll talk to Rachel in a second Uh, And then Packer from Italy And You won't believe it That's all I'm going to tell you You just won't believe what has gone to the gram From Italy (laughs) The world famous I'm getting off the grid I mean I cannot tell you Andrew He said it twice on the show In the last three days last week I'm not going to, I'm getting off the grid. The minute the plane takes off, I'm getting off the grid. Gotcha. So, yeah. uh, Anyway, let's go. Rachel DeCecco joins us. Rachel uh, has thousands of things going on. Good morning, Rachel. How are you?
3: (laughs) Good morning. How are you guys?
1: Uh, We're great. Andrea and I thought we had a lot going on when we were doing the show. I just want to double check this Uh, we've got the women's lacrosse semifinals. Uh, that are today in Baltimore, weather permitting, I understand. The weather's a little dicey in Baltimore, as I hear. Um, Now, the Premier Lacrosse League, which you are really involved with, also begins this weekend, right?
3: Yes, players started checking in about a half hour ago, so we're we're, uh, welcoming 240 uh, PLL athletes today to Albany, New York, to to kick off uh, Season 4 and training camp today.
1: Okay, so we got PLL check-in. And am I right? You got four kids. Is that right? You got four kids. How many I do, kids do you- have four
3: kids. Four.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when do you sleep, Rachel? That'd be the next question I
0: have. When do you sleep?
3: You know what? I'm huh? an early to bed person. I go to bed very early, so I get my sleep. Like as soon as the kids go to bed, I am asleep. I cannot stay up late, never have been able to do that. So I'm like a 9, 9 p.m. and then I'm a 6 a.m. get up. So I get, I get my sleep in.
1: All right. All right. I was just checking because, I mean, like Andrea and I think doing three hours here in the mornings, heavy lifting. And all of a sudden I'm like, Rachel which she? she got 35 minutes. <laughs> yes. She caught a shut eye at last night.
0: OK, <laughs>
1: real quick, um, UNC Northwestern, BC Maryland. Uh, I'm going to go big picture first. What are the chances we see two ACC teams play for the title this weekend?
3: I think it's it's pretty good. UNC, I feel pretty confident about. It's their championship to lose. In my mind, they are the favorite. They, they, I think they are the most re- well-rounded team. BC is going to have a tough go against Maryland. Maryland is playing great lacrosse. They have a, an amazing goalie in Emily Sterling. So they're going to have to play really well today to get past Maryland.
0: Hmm. All right. Uh, UNC is playing Northwestern in uh, one of the semifinals. Not a super competitive game the first time they met earlier this season. I think North Carolina won 20-9. to Do you expect a more competitive game this time around? And if so, why?
3: I I absolutely expect a more competitive game. I was just in uh, in Evanston last week and watched uh, Northwestern beat up on Syracuse. And that was a different team than I had seen play earlier in the year. They were dialed in. Madison Doucette had 73% save percentage on the game they had nine different scores. Mm. Northwestern has had a sort of an uncharacteristic season. They lost to Rutgers. They did not win the Big Ten. But right now, come tournament time, you know, they've won seven national championships. You know, I think we're gonna see um, a really strong Northwestern team as compared to the earlier matchup.
1: Yeah, you know, Rachel, last week's performance against Syracuse uh, defensively is is seemingly where Northwestern's found its groove. You mentioned Sterling and goal. Carolina is a whole different animal though when you start talking about stopping somebody right
3: absolutely I mean the, the matchups I don't know where you start you know you shut down Ortega and then you've got Mastriani and then you've got Rose Growney, and then you have Worsberger and Aldave and the list goes on and on so when you think about how how are you going to match up against North Carolina you know maybe it's a high pressure zone to try and really lock them in and not to let them create because when you try and match up you know, woman to woman, like there's just no way you're going to have the depth on defense that they have on the attack.
0: Mm. All right. You you just listed off a whole bunch of strengths for North Carolina. And I think we all know uh, what they are. What are the weaknesses, if there are any?
3: There, there aren't a whole lot. Uh, you know, I've seen them go down. I saw them go down against Notre Dame and fight and fight back. You know, I think it, it, at this point in the season, everybody is exhausted. It has been a long season, physically, mentally. It's going to be the mental game at the end because they have the entire, they have the total package of what they need to win a championship. It's, it's not getting ahead of themselves. You know, Jenny Levy says the game has no memory, so they're they're o and o right now against Northwestern with two games to win a national championship. So it's just going to be. North Carolina doing what got them here and not getting ahead of themselves or not sort of overthinking the pressure or the expectations, you know, of the rest of the cross world. Just focused on their game and the mm. talent that they have.
1: All right. I want to pivot to the next one. And by the way, Carolina Northwestern, because of the time change today in Baltimore, Carolina Northwestern is on ESPN News at twelve thirty. And then at three o'clock, you get BC and Maryland. That's going to be on ESPN U. I, let me pivot here to BC. And, and Rachel, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go legacy here, not singular game. Because ever since last week, it hit me that if BC were to lose last weekend, which they didn't, or today, which we hope they don't, we could lose, we could be seeing the final game of Charlotte Norris' incredible career in women's lacrosse. So let's, let me draw a perspective line here. Uh, I I know Jen Adams was unbelievable at the University of Maryland. I I know that there have been probably two or three others. But is Charlotte North in the biggest picture conversation, potentially as the greatest women's lacrosse player in NCAA history?
3: She's 100% in the conversation. You know, know, we've talked about Jen Adams before. Uh, You know where I stand on her. But Charlotte North absolutely is in that conversation. You know, what she has done for this game, you know, what she has done for BC over the last, you know, few years. And, you know, she has changed things. She's a difference maker. You know, her talent is incredible, but it's what she has, the fans she has brought in, the energy she she brings, Um, you know, she, and I've said this before, she's a generational player. She is somebody, when we look back a generation from now, that we will say lacrosse was different after Charlotte North played it. And there's very few players you can say that about.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: With her playing for, obviously, this could be her last game. We don't know. Maybe she'll make it to the final. But with her being on the Boston College roster, and yet they're the number three seed in the defending champions, is it strange to say they feel a little bit like an underdog right now? Because it feels weird for me to say that out
3: loud, considering Charlotte North is playing for Boston College and they're defending champions. It does feel strange to say that, but I don't think that you're wrong. You know, they are the defending national championship champions um and but maryland is seated higher and and going into the season maryland didn't play unc that maryland didn't play syracuse this year so you know their schedule their strength of schedule is not as difficult as bc's has been um and i thought early on this was going to hurt maryland they are proving otherwise you know with that but I, I think BC really uh they love the underdog mentality they embrace the underdog mentality so they they're right where they want to be um this year this season you know right one below Maryland here today
1: All right Rachel I'm going to give you uh I'm going to give you a couple minutes here to go PLL for a minute because uh, I know ESPN Plus is going to have a package of games all year long in the PLL. There are going to be some on ESPN. I think there are going to be one or two on ABC as a result of all this, yep. too. So it's a pretty exciting time for PLL. And I know you've been involved in this kind of in, in the development stages. And now certainly all the players are checking in now. And the season, am I right? The season is next weekend. Is that right? It starts yeah. next week or a week after?
3: Oh, Opening weekend is next weekend uh, at University at Albany. And, yes, we do have an ABC game uh, next weekend. So uh, the guys will play uh, for a week. We have scrimmages next Tuesday. Final rosters will be set. And opening weekend will kick off uh, June 4th at University at Albany.
1: And then there's going to be a big weekend in Charlotte, too, right? There's a weekend coming up in Charlotte. Am I right in the schedule? It's like, I mean, Roddy Jones is involved in this, Andrea. Somehow or another, Roddy Jones got involved in the PLL along the way. So, I mean, America's lacrosse fanboy got involved. So, Rachel, I know it's getting big when that happens. It's
3: absolutely. We'll be in Charlotte. Yep. We'll be in Charlotte the following weekend. Uh, Yeah. Are, Are we going to see you there?
1: You won't see me in Charlotte. I'm, my guess is you're going to have to talk Packer into it.
3: Packer okay, is your start, best bet for Charlotte
1: that end. weekend.
3: Okay. Yeah, I'll that would be the on, key. We'll be so
1: Charlotte.
3: we'll be in Charlotte week two, then Long Island week three, Baltimore week four. Um, and so we'll, 14 weeks uh, we'll be traveling around the country this season.
1: That is awesome. All right. Well, good luck in Albany today. Thanks for the insight as always. And uh, terrific to see you. Good luck on the 35 minutes of sleep later (laughs) today.
3: Great to see you guys too. All
1: right. Rachel DiCecco, one of our uh, lacrosse analysts here on ACC Network. Um, That's amazing. I mean, you're doing that. You're doing lacrosse. You got four kids. I thought I had a lot going on.
0: Yeah, the four kids to Um, me, Wes. The four kids. I don't know.
1: Yeah. but uh, And by the way, she won the Tawartan as a player. I mean, so, you know, I mean, she can do this. There's no problem. Uh, when we come back, we will look at, uh, at the baseball schedule, the lacrosse schedule, and all the things ahead, including softball regionals as well. Kind of a recap of the weekend, and it's a busy one. Semifinals in ACC baseball, that's tomorrow in Uptown Charlotte. And Packer from Italy, and I promise you it's Bananas next
0: Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham.
1: We're going to give you the traditional question that we've asked every student-athlete that's ever appeared on this show. Since you've been at Notre Dame, UNC, Boston College, Pittsburgh, what has been your
3: hardest class? Oh, my gosh. Oh, um,
1: I would have to go with...
3: Probably business stats. I had a huge exam yesterday that... Hopefully went well. Intermediate accounting. 3115. <laughs> I mean, anything finance. Freshman year, second semester, I took uh, biochem. It's gotta be the theology classes. Writing class, my freshman year.
2: Race, gender, and medical something.
3: Probably financial econometrics. Taking multivariable calculus. Um... Oh. My hardest class definitely has been organic chemistry.
0: Two. Discrete math for computer science.
3: Multivariable calculus. Um, Yeah, that was, that was not fun.
1: Mess <laughs> it's right down your alley. Yeah, I got no shot. I was gonna mess around, and
2: I was gonna be like, like nuclear engineering or something, just say something <laughs> just completely out of the blue.
3: <laughs> but uh, I, I'd, I'd go with uh, accounting. Think you know Catholicism, um, but I promise you don't. Chemistry is just not my strong suit, and that class just, was very challenging. No the number, that's even more.
1: 3115 is the class number, yeah. right?
3: I actually had to take one of my exams in Mexico. We actually had a tournament in the Puerto Vallarta tournament, and I had an exam that I couldn't make up later, and so I actually took an exam in the middle of the lobby at our hotel in Mexico. I realized after this class I'm not the best at mathematics, um, so I won't be a mathematician. Applying statistics to finance and like financial models, so. It's a little complicated, too complicated for me. I was miserable. I never want to take it again.
2: I needed someone to be on me, and to open my
1: eyes to the college experience. All of my math was discreet.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, no, it's no offense to...
3: It's basically proofs, but for coding.
1: Uh, oh,
3: Not yeah. my cup of tea.
1: It was so hard, you don't
3: even know the name of the class. <laughs> That's how hard it was. <laughs> yeah, trying to, put it,
2: trying to put
1: it behind me. You know, tell you what, you know what I need on a day like this? This is what I need, Andrew, after Hardest Class.
3: Aww. The big fella's here. Hey, kitty. Clifford <laughs>
1: made a Friday appearance. Clifford hadn't been on the show in a while. How you doing?
0: Hey, Cliffy. What's going on? Clifford,
1: can you talk to anybody? You're not even really going to say anything, are you? How you doing? You want to stand right there? Okay, stand right there. All right, we'll see you. How's that going? You want to look up? Nope. Down we go. Okay. (laughs) Um, Hardest class. I got to tell you, hardest class. And a lot of it is math. And Andrea, it's been well documented. Not good. Not good at all. Finite math was about the ceiling for me. And everybody goes, well, how do you do stats? Now, stats for games and stuff, that's different. Finite math was a whole, Dr. Hayworth, bless you if you're watching this morning. Um, That variable calculus thing they talk about, Andrea? Come on, what was your hardest class?
0: Uh, I did not take any next level math in college for a reason because I knew I would have failed. I would have failed calculus in high school, but my teacher didn't believe in failing anyone. Instead of writing Fs on our papers, he would draw these little flags (laughs) that stood for F because he didn't have the heart to write F. So that's how it went for me in high school, but in college, it was meteorology, there was a lot of math and science in that, and my brain couldn't process it, and the teacher may as well have been speaking Russian. Uh, It didn't make sense at all, and I hated it, and I'm so glad I didn't have to take more math and science classes
3: after that. (laughs)
1: Nice, unbelievable. Oh, me. No. The, the whole thing. I love the hardest class question, but it also makes my head hurt when they answer the questions. Uh, but the student-athletes continue to be stars of the show, as Packer says, and that's a big part of it. It's speaking of Packer, Andrea, you know in Italy mm. there are unbelievable sights. The Amalfi Coast, uh, the Colosseum in Rome, I mean the Isle of Capri, uh, Venice... And in Florence, there's the Statue of David, correct?
0: <laughs> correct. I've seen That's it. I've been there I've before, got. but not in this way. Yeah. Haven't seen it in this way, yeah.
1: no. Yeah, Statue of David. Here's some, some, some advice. Leave him wanting more. Yeah. <laughs> Packer. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. Ooh, and, and way to brand the network, yep. by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ACC Network, yeah, nice. Well done. Oh, my gosh. I thought we were off the grid. Unbelievable. Uh, All right, let's get to the menu, shall we? Uh, First things first, we'll show you the schedule. A quick reminder, though, we got golf teams at the uh, Men's Golf Championship for the NCAA out in Arizona. Florida State, Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, North Carolina all begin play today in the NCAA Golf Championships. All right, let's get started Women's lacrosse semifinals, uh, number four, Northwestern, number one, North Carolina. That's on ESPN News at 1230. ESPNU has Boston College, Maryland at 3 o'clock. Baseball, final day of pool play. The big one is tonight. The winner of North Carolina, Virginia Tech will play Notre Dame tomorrow in the semifinals at 1 o'clock. The other baseball semifinal at 5 tomorrow here on ACC Network has NC State. And Pittsburgh. Um, you see the softball Super Regionals. Clemson lost last night in Stillwater okay. 2-0. They play game two tonight at 6. <laughs> Florida and Virginia Tech this afternoon, 2 Eastern on ESPN2. That is game one of the Super Regionals. Then late night tonight, 11 o'clock for the 12th national seed, Duke, and the number five national seed, UCLA. UCLA. From out in uh, Los Angeles, and that game is at 11 Eastern time. All three softball games, by the way, are today on ESPN2. So there you go. You're caught up on all the ACC stuff. Uh, and, And Packer in Italy at the Statue of David in Florence. Not good. Not good at all.
0: Well... You know, West Pack is not the only one producing photos around here. And uh, I think we got another one. There we go. Oh, there see.
1: There you are.
0: There you are as part of the Kiss Army. Is that it? We got a good? See?
1: No, that's, that's not the photo when I was 10. No. No, that's, that's again. Here we go. I
0: think
1: it is. No, no, I'm not 10 in that picture. I'm 50-something, and somebody's put Ace Frehley <laughs> on me. <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> really we play one bump yes. back of strutter and I've got next thing you know somebody's photoshopping me as ace freely from when I was 10 and a member of the kiss army well okay all right. I
0: mean we said we wanted right. the photos Wes so we had to do something about it
1: you got your photos everybody's good it's all good I mean you know <laughs> when you come on this show you gotta become an open book right so it's, uh, it's okay no big deal
0: Yes. Great. See, yes. yeah, let's yes, run it one do. more so, time. There it is. I would I, 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 I hope someone out there is putting Gene Simmons on you. I, I want the big hair. I want the big hair.
1: <laughs> See, my buddy across the street, Tom Anderson, when I was a kid on Swannanoa Drive in Greensboro, Tom Anderson was Gene Simmons. And I was Ace Freely. So there you go. That's what happened ten well, years old it's
0: not too late it's It's not too late to be gene Simmons wes it's not it's never too late
1: yeah, oh yeah, it is oh, it's way late it's <laughs> way too late uh and Andrea, thank you for being here the last couple of days. really appreciate it uh especially coming off hosting the fifth grade graduation party uh know what right. the worker that went into. It. it's been a busy week for you been a very busy week so uh Thank you, and uh, we will see you soon. Uh, if not, uh, if we don't see you soon, we'll see you in July at the world famous ACC kickoff, uh, which I think is July 20 and 21st now. It's been confirmed. Uh, thanks to Drew Brooks. Thanks to Casey O'Brien, Roddy Jones, Kenny Klein, Grant Gibson, Rachel DeCecco. Uh, we will be back here. Drew Carter with us on Memorial Day morning, 7 a.m. Packer and Durham, we hope you have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Don't forget, all ACC tomorrow in between the semifinals and post games from Charlotte at baseball.
0: Tune in to Packer and Durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371, and streaming on the ESPN app.